0: Warning, me time and murder is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to part three of the murder of James Bulger. I am still drinking my coffee and for the me time, I am still drawing my picture. I think it is going quite well. What do you think? And of course, thank you to th- our patron, Kirsty, who requested this episode. In part one, I covered the horrific abduction and murder of James Bulger at the hands of two 10 year olds, Robert Thompson and John Venables. In part two, I covered the interview, the trial, and the sentencing. And today, we are on to the release and the fallout, after. It didn't end. It This awful story just keeps going. So let's get back. Like I said in the last episode, there was a lot of human rights arguments back and forth for a few years in regards to the maturity and age of John and Robert. The publicity, trial complexities, as well as their treatment The sentence wasn't overturned but it was shortened back to the original eight years. In 1999, James Bulger's parents, Denise and Ralph, also appealed to the European Court of Human Rights, arguing that the victim has the right in determining the sentence of the perpetrator. Now, although it is a reflex to agree with the Bulgers a victim should have a say, this Kind of law or ruling or something that would be a precedent is a very slippery slope, in my opinion. As ultimately, it would come down to comparing and putting a value on human life. Because let's say a surgeon and a homeless man are murdered, you could argue that the person who murdered the surgeon should have a harsher sentence than the person who murdered the homeless man. Because the surgeon did more for society and did more with his life. See, now we are in the realm of eugenics, right? Whose life is more worthy? Quickly becomes, who is worthy of life? Anyway, in June 2001, after a six-month review by the Parole Board, the Parole Board ruled that the boys were no longer a threat to public safety and were released. Also, their eight years was up. Robert and John were released on lifelong licence, which basically means prison rules outside of prison. It was reported in the news that both boys were given new identities and moved to secret locations. They were given new passports, national insurance numbers, qualification certificates and medical records. The terms of their release included they were not allowed to contact each other or the Bulger family, they were prohibited from visiting the Liverpool area, curfews may be imposed on them and they must report to probation officers. If they breached these rules, they could be returned to prison. In a psychiatric report prepared in 2000 before John Venable's release, he was described as posing a trivial threat to the public and unlikely to reoffend. The chances of his successful rehabilitation were deemed very high. A worldwide injunction was imposed on the media. Preventing the publication of details about Robert Thompson and John Venables. So their new identities and locations could not be public. The boys and their families were at very high risk of attack. Sure, just during the trial, the Venables and the Thompsons had to relocate and change their names because Liverpool was banging their doors in, giving them threats on the phone and letters. They were torturing them, they couldn't go to school, they couldn't go to work, they couldn't go shopping, they couldn't leave the house. The whole of the UK wanted these boys to hang. They wanted blood, they wanted a sacrifice. And at the time that meant the parents and siblings were on the chopping block too for having raised such cruel evil monsters. So... The Thompsons and Venables, who were innocent of the crime, were also suffering. If the initial judge had have just kept the children's names a secret, none of this would have happened. This series of event that is about to unfold, and it keeps unfolding, it keeps going. The UK, and probably most of the Western world, will never forget the murder of James Bulger. And people just wanted to know more. And they still want to know more about the case. The media was flooded with the story. And of course it was so very tempting for people and media and news outlets to breach this injunction. The Manchester Evening News published details that suggested the names of the secure locations in which the two boys were living the paper was fined £30,000 for contempt of court and ordered to pay a cost of £120,000 there was no effect from Manchester paper publishing this however there was no vigilante action taken on Robert, John or their families they were all fine. People have used the injunction and the the secrecy of their names as a weapon. In April 2010, a 19-year-old man from the Isle of Man was given a three-month suspended prison sentence for knowingly and falsely claiming in a Facebook post that his former colleague was Robert Thompson. Putting that person at serious and significant risk. In March 2012, a 26 year old man from Lancaster was arrested for allegedly setting up a Facebook group. The title was What Happened to Jamie Bulger Was Fucking Hilarious. The man's computer was seized for further investigations. In April 2013, two men received suspended jail sentences. For publishing photos that claim to be John and Robert on Facebook and Twitter, the posts were seen by 24,000 people. The purpose of the prosecution was to show the public that social media is not exempt from the injunction. In 2013, a man from Liverpool received a 14-month suspended prison sentence for posting images on Twitter claiming to show John Venables. In 2016, a woman from Kent was jailed for three years after sending Twitter messages to James Bulger's mother in which she posed as one of the killers and then as James Bulger's ghost. What a fucking freak. How rude. That bitch. In 2016, a man was jailed for 26 weeks for stalking Denise He had already received a warning for stalking her in 2008. In January 2019, a man and a woman received suspended sentences for claiming that they had found John Venables. And in March 2019, actress Tina Malone was given a suspended sentence for posting a picture of John Venables' real identity. And in January 2020, another woman from Wales received a prison sentence for publishing photographs of John Venables on Facebook. Also with the advice share as much as possible. Now you might be wondering why did it shift that all of the attention is on John? Why is everybody trying to publish photos and John's true identity? New identity. Well just to get out of the way Robert Thompson has never reoffended. He hasn't done anything since he left prison. He seems to be on the straight and narrow. There was a rumour that he lives in Australia with his gay partner. And that's it. That's the last we heard. But back to John. Shortly before his release in 2001, when John was only aged 17, John had sex with a full-grown adult woman who worked at the juvenile centre where he was being held. The female staff member was suspended for sexual misconduct and she just never returned back to work. It all seemed a little bit rapey and the press was like, what are you hiding? What's going on? And the juvenile centre was like, nothing happened. We're not hiding anything. We're investigating it. It's all cool. But it didn't seem that cool. John began living independently in March 2002. In 2005, when John was 23, his probation officer met another new girlfriend of John's, who was only 17 years old. The probation officer noticed that a lot of John's girlfriends were very young, but they were still legal. So the probation officer put it down to Well, he's going through like a delayed adolescence. He spent his adolescence at a boy's juvenile detention centre and he sort of shrugged it off. John spent the next few years bumming about online playing video games. After a period of apparent reduced supervision, John began breaking his parole licence. He was excessively drinking, taking drugs and visiting the Liverpool area, as well as downloading child sexual abuse images. But don't worry, they will get him on that later. In September 2008, John was arrested following a fight outside a nightclub. He claimed he was acting in self-defense and the charges were later dropped after he agreed that he would go to an alcohol awareness class. Three months after that, he was found to be in possession of cocaine and was so put on a curfew. On two occasions, John revealed his true identity to a friend. And, like, why would you do that? Why would you want people to know you're John Venables? Like, you've been given a fresh start. Take it. Like, most murderers don't get a fresh start. Do you know how privileged you are, how lucky you are, and unjustly lucky I I've a lot to say, but no time to say it. So revealing his true identity is what would lead to his pedo downfall, thank God. John contacted his probation officer in February 2010, fearing that his new identity had been compromised at work. Because he fucking told somebody who he was. Oh. When the officer arrived at the flat, John was attempting to remove or destroy his computer's hard drive with a knife and a tin opener. This piqued the officer's suspicions, so he took the computer away to be examined. Revealing the child sexual abuse material The next month, John was returned to prison for violating his terms of licence. In June 2010, 2010, John Venables was charged with possession and distribution of indecent images of children. It was alleged that he had downloaded 57 indecent images of children over a 12-month period. The images included children as young as 2 to about 8 being raped by adults. John had also allowed other people, paedophiles, to access his pictures and files through a peer-to-peer network. Uh, at the court hearing, it also emerged that John, that John was posing in online chat rooms as a 35-year-old woman called Dawn Smith. A married woman from Liverpool who would be online boasting and bragging about abusing her eight-year-old daughter. And John said that he was catfishing, pedo catfishing as a way to secure more indecent images of children. Oh my god, it's so dark. John pleaded guilty and was sentenced to guess, guess, guess how long he got. Two years. Two years. Not long enough. Denise said she was angry that the parole board did not contact her to let her know that John Venables was back in prison. And she publicly called for his anonymity, anonymity? his secret identity to be revealed, to be taken away from him. She argued he is being charged with a new crime, with a different crime, an unrelated crime. Why should he get to continue to be anonymous? Other paedophiles aren't or don't get to be anonymous. Technically, he did his time for killing James Bulger. Done. He started a new crime. Now he's benefiting from his initial crime. But no, they didn't take away his anony- anonymity. He... No. For the next seven years, John would be in and out of prison multiple times, pleading guilty each time to breaking his license and possessing or distributing child abuse images. He even possessed a paedophile handbook manual type thing that detailed How to avoid capture and evade the police, which is like, but you kept being caught. I mean, who's taking his advice? And each time he was released from prison, and each time he would tell somebody who he was, he would reveal his new identity again and he would get another new identity again and again and again. In June 2019, British officials considered resettling John in Canada, Australia, or maybe New Zealand. They (laughs) were not thrilled about this idea. Due to the high cost of keeping his identity a secret, British authorities had reportedly spent £65,000 in legal fees to keep John Venable's identity a secret. He's gained so much taxpayer money for murdering a toddler. So Britain wanted to resettle him in like an ex-colony, ex-col- like rude. And apparently the prime minister at the time, she said in regards to him coming to and relocating in New Zealand, she said he should not bother applying. In September 2020, John was denied parole. And it was scheduled for October 2022, which we have just passed. John was hoping to be released for Christmas. Oh, 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 were you? You wanted to have Christmas outside? Oh, you should have thought about that before you became a pedo. We don't give a fuck about your Christmas Day plans. We don't care. But the October parole was also suspended for another three months. Which means at the time of recording this, John Venables will be up for parole in the next few weeks or months. He could be out in January 2023. What a great start to a new year. Hasn't the 2020s been the worst? Now John Venables is getting out of prison. I want to end these three episodes by returning to the victims of these stories. James Bulger and his family. In the months after the trial and the birth of their son, Denise and Ralph's marriage, it just really struggled and they just, they couldn't go on. And eventually they broke up and divorced in 1995. And it is this very heartbreaking i don't know if my relationship could make it through something as traumatic as that in 2004 denise received a tip from an anonymous source that helped her locate robert thompson and she did she went and she found him she said though that when she seen him she was so paralyzed with hatred that she couldn't confront him in march 2008 a uh, Learning centre was set up in the Liverpool area in memory of James, as well as a memorial garden at the primary school that he would have attended had he not been murdered. Later, Denise remarried Stuart Fergus, with whom she now has two sons. Denise continues to campaign strongly for John Venables to be locked up for good. Ralph has also remarried and he now has three little girls with his second wife. He too campaigns strongly against John Venables. He wants John's anonymity to be stripped. He argues that John's life is probably not in danger. Arguing that other kid killers and kid rapists would be given new identities all the time if this was the case. He is being treated special. I also think that he doesn't care that John Venable's life may be in danger. I don't like, like, does anybody care that his life would be in danger? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't care. Ralph does have some solace in the murder of his child when he thinks back. He says he is grateful and cherishes the fact that he got to spend every day of James's life with him gonna cry okay. it's so sad anyway I think I'm done I might work a little bit more on it after this I will post it on social media thank you again to Kirsty for requesting this case, it is so sad, so tragic and it's still going it's just unending when is John Venables just gonna kick it and Tell me, what should I do for my next me time? Did you like the drawing? It was very distracting for me. But if you like it, I'll do it. And at this time of recording, I don't know what my next episode is going to be. So maybe just hit the subscribe button just in case I miss the Tuesday. Maybe it'll be a Wednesday. So you may as well just subscribe so you you see right away. Okay, thanks. Salam.